Blog Talk Radio. Come 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Happy to be back. We in business. I don't think we have problems today. I'm praying that we don't. Lord, let us get through it. And uh, I said that I would find, well, first, let me say this. Welcome to Jesus in the Morning. I'm your host, Evangelist Barbara Pittman of Freedom Doors Ministries, and I come to you live each weekday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And today is June the 19th, 2023. Oh, we're moving on in this month. It's almost over, my money. Yeah, that time is running fast. Listen, I know you see all the rain and weather and Texas got hammered and all kind of stuff going on all overseas, but we tell God thank you for what he's doing for us. Yes, yes, especially in Florida. Yeah, he, he's keeping us, and so we're thankful. And uh, I give him glory, I give him honor, and I give him to pr- the praise. And I wanted to share this, and then we're going into prayer. I um, said I wanted to get those names right. And so today I'm going to go back. Uh, to Genesis 10 and share with you those names. And then we're moving right on after the names and everything. Because you may hear this somewhere sometime, those names. And you're like, I heard that before, but what is that? Yeah, you, you didn't get the proper pronunciation. So I want to pronounce it right this morning. Hallelujah. And uh it will be all right in Jesus' name. And then, we're, again, we're in the book of Genesis, chapter 11. And we know coming on up to this thing, God begins, he created the heavens and the earth. He made man, man misbehaved, disobedient, uh, thinking it would be all right with God if he did this when he said don't do it. No, it's not all right with God. If God said don't do it, don't do it because it'll never be all right with him. If he says the wages of sin is death, the wages of sin is death. And if you keep sinning, you're going to die spiritually and naturally. Because he says what he means and he means what he say. He's not like us. He's not confused in any type of way. <laughs> Even concerning us, he knows his thoughts towards us. Nothing evil but good. And he want to bring us to an, ex- well, he's going to bring us to an expected end. Yeah. So we know God is faithful. And we trust him today. And I wanted to share that this morning. Um, quickly, quickly, Barbara, go into prayer. Let's go into prayer and then we'll come back. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Father, we thank you this morning. We can't say thank you enough. We thank you for our laying down last night. And we thank you for waking us up this morning, closing our right minds. We thank you this day for the use and activity of our limbs. Father, we thank you for life, health, and strength. We thank you for all you've done for us, great and mighty things. Things we remember and things we don't remember or even know that you did this for us. We're grateful unto you for your love this morning, for you yet so love the world that you sent your only begotten son. And Father, this morning we want to believe and not perish. Move today spiritually here on Jesus in the morning because we realize you're a spiritual God. 
And not only they that worship you must worship worship you in spirit and in truth. But Father, those of us that come to you, we must come to you in spirit and in truth. Again, because you're a spiritual God, we thank you this morning. Father, we come this morning asking that you would forgive us for all our sins and wrongdoings, our wrong thoughts, our wrong speaking, our wrong feelings. And Father, though our sins be scarlet, we ask that you will wash us as white as snow. Cleanse us this morning from all unrighteousness and give us a clean heart today, O oh God, and renew the right spirit within us in the name of Jesus. Lord, you know our faults. You know our shortcomings. You know our sins. You know what we've done wrong. And, Father, we ask that you would forgive us and that, Lord, you would put it in the sea of forgiveness, never to remember it again, in the name of Jesus. We thank you right now for forgiveness. We thank you, Lord, for looking beyond our faults and yet meeting our needs. We thank you this morning for being on our side, fight of us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you most of all for your love, because your love continues to lift us. Your love continues to meet the need in our lives and fix situations. God, we thank you this morning. Hallelujah. And we come asking that you would touch and heal those that are sick here this morning. High blood pressure, diabetes, infections, whatever it may be today, heart problems, liver problems, kidney problems, whatever, you hear all manner of sickness and disease. And Father, we are asking you this morning to touch and heal our bodies in the name of Jesus. We trust you today with your healing power. You took a beating for the healing of the nation. And Father, there's yet healing in the hem of your garment. We trust you this morning in healing. Do it for us all today in the name of Jesus. And Father, we bring those that are incarcerated, those that are in every branch of the military, every caller, every listener this morning, oh God, every family member near and far, every friend near and far, we bring them before you this morning, asking that you would bless our families, move by your spirit, Lord, in a mighty way for them today. You know what they stand in the need of, and Lord, we are asking you to supply for them according to your riches and glory, by your son, Christ Jesus. Thank you this morning, Father. Thank you. Hallelujah. Father, we ask that you would bless widowers and bereaved families and intercessory prayer people, preachers everywhere, preaching in the name of Jesus in obedience unto you and love for your people. Father, we ask that you would bless Israel and prosper Jerusalem, Move for them in a mighty way today in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask that you would bless all our brothers and sisters overseas. Lord, bless those in a special way. They can't read the Bible out loud, can't mention your name out loud. Lord, we ask that you would move for them and their families this morning. Keep them safe. Loose your protecting angels. To stand watch, Father, shield them from all hurt, harm, or danger. In the name of Jesus, Father, bless these United States of America. Have mercy upon us, O God. For many of us know not what we are doing, know not what we've done. Forgive us this morning, O God, and have mercy. Have mercy. Let your grace abound. 
And, Father, we ask that you would have mercy on the leadership. Forgive them, O oh God. Give them a clean heart this morning and renew the right spirit within them. And, Lord, let them operate in through and in you in the name of Jesus. And give them back love for the American people in the name of Jesus. We thank you this morning. We thank you that not only you hear, but you answer. And, Father, we ask that you would bless this segment of Jesus in the morning. Have your way here today. Father, move by your spirit here. Bless your people like never before this day right here in the name of Jesus. You know what they stand in the need of. Those that are coming through the archives and the podcast, move in a mighty way for them in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we bind up every evil and hindering and negative spirit that's coming our way. Father, we bind up those that are linking to Jesus in the morning and using it for money gain from other people. That, God, they can get drunk or they can get high. We bind it up today. Anyone that's trying to prosper off of this, we bind it up in Jesus' name and cast it back to the pits of hell. Because they're using this to get what they want. So, Father, move today in a mighty way. Shut it down, God. Shut them down. They come to take. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we give you glory. We give you honor and praise. There's none like you. Father, we thank you this morning. We can't tell you thank you enough. You've been so good to us. Hallelujah. Look beyond our faults. And yet, continues to meet our needs. We thank you. We thank you. We can't thank you enough. Again, in Jesus' name, we ask it all. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we can't give you enough glory, enough honor, enough worship, enough praise. If each of us had 10,000 tongues, and Father, we each began to our praise you with everyone, it just wouldn't be enough because you're more than, you're more than God, more than we'll ever need. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we're grateful unto you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Listen. We're going to one quick request, and uh, when we come back, uh, we're coming back to to Genesis, and we're going to look back at chapter 6 right quick and and move on from there, just kind of like a little light refresher, because last week I was so busy, and I'm trying, I'm trying, and the computer and the internet, so I just, I don't think I did a very good job with it, so I thank God we can come back and uh, let him have his way. Hallelujah. I'll never be more lost than I am right now. Wasn't holding you up, so there's nothing I can do to let you. Does it take a trophy to make you cry? I'll never 
could be more love than I am right now. Ooh.
Jesus in the Morning Radio with Barbara. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Elevation Church and uh, Jaira. I like his style of singing. Yeah, I'm living proof. What the word? I love all of that. I love all of that. Love the words of inspiration in every song. So we thank God this morning again for good gospel music. Ah, yeah. Music that encourage us, inspire us, keep us going. Yeah, any time of day, anywhere, we can begin to tell the Lord thank you. Hallelujah. I I wanted to uh, remind us because we always need to pray. There's always something to pray for. So I'm going to ask us to pray for America and the leadership. Yeah, and we gotta we may have to fast a couple of days, you know, and put this petition before God. Because I see so many messed up people. Because what has been allowed. And I think they're trying to pull it in because they feel like they can't trust people. With what you see out here, look, I see people attack the police, fights the police. No, there's a better way. If you want to fight, fight in court. Don't put your hands on a police officer. Because what's going on today, there's no respect. Yeah. And the media, the news people, they keep some foolishness going. And anybody in the African-American world get killed, whether it's by a cop or hit and run or whatever it is, they will always go back and bring up the parents and their background. Now, what did that have to do with the cop killing a kid or somebody accidentally or on purpose running over a kid or shooting a child to death or even an adult? What does that have to do with anything? We're not interested in the parents' background. Because they try to paint a picture that black folks are dangerous and evil. And we're out to get them. I, I've seen stuff where they say, oh, they don't 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 trust them because they're gonna get you for what your great 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 grandparents did to them. What in the world? What in the world? We have been here for many a years. We don't just go around attacking people. Tell me that you did this to my great, 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 great granddaddy. We don't do that. Of course, you have some mentally disturbed people out here. And that's every crazy is crazy. Whether it's black, white, Asian, whatever color it is, crazy, uh, what nationality the person is, crazy is just straight up crazy. So I can't put that on their color, their nationality. I can't put that on that. Yeah, so we got to pray that we all get a mind because not everybody have their own mind. The devil got it. Boy, when I tell you, he's using them like a puppet. Parents killing their own children. Children killing their parents. You can't tell these young people, I mean, absolutely nothing. There's no fear, no fear. No respect. 
if they don't respect their parents, do you think they go into school and respect the school system? No, the teachers, the principal, the counselor, no, they're not going to do that. If they don't respect the police, it's because they wasn't taught and they don't respect their parents. And you got to be careful who you allow to hang out with your kids or your kids hang out with. Be careful who you associate, let them associate with. Even in their older years, they're adults, you still want to talk to them. These people will lead your child astray, all your hard training, and the great love you have for them. They'll stand up in your face and talk crazy to you. Yeah. Related uh, Happy Father's Day, Brother Louie. Yeah. Yesterday, my younger son, I was busy the weekend. I went to Thad's uh, viewing, and then I went to his home-going celebration on Saturday. It was so crowded. It was so, so crowded, I barely got a seat. A lady just let me squeeze in <laughs> to sit next to her. She didn't know me from what they call it, a cat of paint. She didn't know me. But she begged for me, come on, come on. And everybody got up off that road and let me in, and I sat next to her. And uh, I, I can't tell you what the message was. I didn't I, 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 I didn't understand what the preacher was saying, and I couldn't hear him. The mic system wasn't good, and I don't know. I, I don't understand. But anyway... I went to do what I was supposed to do, and today I call his wife because they're going to bury him in the uh, veterans cemetery because he was in the Navy. Yeah. And when I saw him in that suit, I said then Friday, I said, you know, I forgot Thad was in the Navy. Yeah, he, he was in the Navy, told me what happened and everything. So uh, I thank God that I got the opportunity to go, you know. But we got to pray. We got to pray for this world. Pray for the people. Pray for the leadership. Because the leadership is squirrely burden too. They, 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 something is wrong. Anytime you just approve any old thing, that was not what the country was built on to just do any and every old thing. You don't let the evil one come in. You know, and and sow yourself to the evil one. You come to do the will of the evil. Mm-hmm. You come to do the will of the devil. You didn't come to do the will of God. But God is love. He loved the people. And if you love people, you got to tell them the truth. If you love people, you got to keep them. If you empower, you keep them on the straight and narrow, heading to God. Now, it's your thing. You just do anything you want to do. Now, they made it free for us that we can go where we want to go. We can travel. We can eat where we want to eat. We can cook in our homes what we want to cook. If you can afford it, you can live wherever you want to live. But there are some things that the government needs to get a handle on. Our leadership needs to get a handle on this thing and just say no to them. No, we're not doing that. We never did that. We don't know what that looked like. We don't know what that will do to the world. So we're not doing that. But we will continue to do what's right, what looks respectable, 
what is respectable. But respect is gone down the tube and everybody telling everybody, it's your thing, honey. You do what you want to do. Don't let nobody tell you nothing. If they don't like it, so what? But there's a thing called respect, human decency, and human morals. But all of that has gone out the window. And when I tell you, it looks like these people want to change themselves and become aliens or something. I don't know what it is. All the hoopla dupla. Oh, yeah. The, 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 the wonderful lady. She was a wonderful lady. And I know this woman loved God and she was up praising. I'm to my eyelashes glued wrong and on. The horse would have been mad about it. Have just wicked wacked scattered everywhere. A reddish color. Burgundy or whatever. I'm to my no shape, no form, no style to it, just wicked wacky. I'm like, I don't know. But it appears people like that, like those kind of minds, because I guess it's familiar, you know. And I must apologize, because when Mr. Trump started running, that's what I said. I said, well, his hair told me who not to vote for. (laughs) And that was wrong. I think I was judging this man off the way he looked with all his hair going up to the front and bright orange. Yeah. It wasn't what was in his hair in his appearance of what's in his heart. And the same thing with that lady. Yeah. So we got to be careful. Yeah, Lord, forgive me. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. And I mean that. So look, we are going to... Okay, 732. All right, let's go to this song. And afterwards... We're going straight to Genesis chapter 6 and take a look. And then we're going to Genesis chapter 10 so that those names can be pronounced correctly. Let's let's take a listen. It's a very...
kind of radio you need. Yes, Jesus is a morning radio. Old radio for real people. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. If we remember looking back at Genesis chapter 6, we got to see what started another segment, I want to call it, another wide open sins that people decided to do. I wasn't on turning them off once they were turned on to doing anything they were big enough to do. So we're going to look at that. But concerning the minds of the people and the leadership, Corinthians 4 and 4 says, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of glorious of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, to shine unto them. Blinded them, Lewis said. Yeah. So that's why all of this foolishness, but we want to pray and ask God to open their blinded eyes long enough to see spiritual and accept him and his way, because if you don't believe, you're going to be messed up. Simply because you don't believe it, it does not make it not be true. All it is is you don't believe. That's it. God made the heavens and earth, not you. Yeah. So looking back at uh, Genesis chapter 6. And it sent a long message. I know she would, but I got to turn her off with all of that. <laughs> Oof. Okay. So, Lord... Bless your word today. Use us, God, to share and open the spiritual ears of your people to receive from you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And it came to pass in verse 1, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them. The sons of God saw that the daughters of men were fair. And they took wives for themselves from those who were pleasing to them. And when it talks about the sons of God, it it, it told me this. Uh, What I found is that it was giants in the land. And they took the daughters of men, married them and had children. Fallen angels is what they were. Yeah. The oldest belief is that the sons of God were fallen angels who consorted with human women, producing giant offspring called Nephilim. Called Nephilim. Because these fallen angels went with natural women. Angels who had disobeyed God and he put them out. Now they are here messing up still, you know. And so this was God saw. The sons of God with the, with the women. Who, whatever kind they chose or whatever woman they chose, they, if, if, if they was pleased with the woman, they liked her, yeah, I, I, this one here, I won't. He went on in there. And the Lord said, my spirit will not be in man forever, for he is only flesh. 
So the days of his life will be 120 years. Remember, they were living 800, 900 years. No more. God made it 120. Yeah. And these people continued on to do all kind of evil and whatever they wanted to do. And so God decided to let the earth wash away, to just wash everybody and everything away but one man and his family, Noah. Washed everything away. He wasn't going to fix it because we can't accuse God of changing our heart uh, because we didn't want it changed. He forced this on me. I didn't want this. The devil is a lie. Whosoever will, let them come. You give man free will to do whatever. So he washed everything clean. 40 days, 40 nights, constantly raining. But he had Noah to build a special boat for him and his family to go in so that they would be saved. He told them what animals to take. And uh, uh, the good animals, too, and, and I mean, the, the bad animals, you know, too. And the other ones, you could do seven and this and that. Yeah, he had measurements for the ark and all of this. We remember in this. But then he moved on. Because God don't just stay in one place, he moves on. Yeah, so it went on to to change and uh, God set laws and gave it to him. And uh, after the flood, the important days, and remember the, the birds went out and come back and let Noah... Uh, knew that the land was dry and, you know, they could move on and God sent them out the ark. Yeah. Told them to be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. And the only way you're going to be fruitful and multiply is you have got to have the right connection. Male and female. Male and female, he created them to reproduce, to have more people, more children. They grow up into adults. He told them to go ahead and replenish the land. Send the hogs out, the cows out, whatever was in there, the lambs and the sheep and the birds. and Send them on out. Yeah. I'm going to take care of them. So, look, I want to... Okay, see on. All right. So look, we're we're going to take a listen to Genesis chapter ten with those names because I want you to hear the proper names. Genesis ten. Now these are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And unto them were sons born after the flood, the sons of Japheth, Gomer, and Magog, and Madai, and Javan and Tubal, and Meshech, and Tiras, and the sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, and Rifat, and Togarma, and the sons of Javan, Elisha, and Tashish, Kitim, and Dodanim. 
By these were the isles of the Gentiles divided in their lands, every one after his tongue, after their families, in their nations. And the sons of Ham, Cush, and Mitzrayim, and Phut, and Canaan. And the sons of Cush, Seba, and Havilah, and Sabta, and Ra'amah, and Sabtecha. And the sons of Ra'amah, Sheba, and Dedan. And Cush begat Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore it is said, Even as Nimrod the mighty hunter before the Lord. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, and Erech, and Akkad, and Kalneh, in the land of Shinar. Out of that land went forth Ashur, and builded Nineveh, and the city Rehoboth, and Kalah, and Resen between Nineveh and Kalah. The same is a great city. And Mitraim begat Ludim, and Anamim, and Lehabim, and Naphtuhim, and Pathrushim, and Kasluhim, out of whom came Philistim, and Kaphtorim. And Canaan begat Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth, and the Jebusite, and the Amorite, and the Girgasite, and the Hivite, and the Archite, and the Sinite, and the Arvidite, and the Zemurite, and the Hamathite, and afterward were the families of the Canaanites spread abroad. And the border of the Canaanites was from Sidon, as thou comest to Gerar, unto Gaza, as thou goest unto Sodom, and Gomorrah, and Adma, and Zeboim, even unto Lasha. These are the sons of Ham, after their families, after their tongues, in their countries, and in their nations. Unto Shem also, the father of all the children of Eber, the brother of Japheth the elder, even to him were children born. The children of Shem, Elam, and Ashur, and Arphaxad, and Lud, and Aram. And the children of Aram, Uds, and Hul, and Gether, and Mash. And Arphaxad beget Salah, and Salah beget Eber. And unto Eber were born two sons. The name of the one was Peleg, for in his days was the earth divided, and his brother's name was Joktan. And Joktan begat Almodad, and Shelef, and Hazarmavet, and Yerah, and Haroram, and Utsal, and Dikla, and Obal, and Abimael, and Sheba, and Ophir, and Havilah, and Jobab. All these were the sons of Joktan. And their dwelling was from Mesha, as thou goest unto Sephar, a mount of the east. These are the sons of Shem, after their families, after their tongues, in their lands, after their nations. These are the families of the sons of Noah, after their generations, in their nations. And by these were the nations divided in the earth after the flood. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I went back over them names and they were pronounced correctly. Yeah. And you can hear from his accent. He know about this kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm from America and I know English. That's that's about it. And very little Spanish, very little Spanish, you know. And uh, I can't even remember some days the American alphabet now, let alone I mean, I could if I tried hard. I could do Spanish again. But I come out to Spanish classes to do something different that was more meaningful for others. Yeah. 
So look, we're looking at Genesis chapter 11. And verse 1 says, and the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. So they had one tongue. They, they spoke one language. Everybody understood everybody. Wouldn't that be amazing? I'm sure that was amazing back then. I went to Italy and everybody, I speak the language and they speak my language. I left there and I went to Israel. Same thing in Israel. I left there and went to Japan. Same thing. No matter where I went in the world, everybody had one language, one tongue. They spoke the same. Yeah. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Mm -hmm. And they said one to another, go, go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to. Let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad unto the face of the earth. Yeah. Five says, and the Lord came down. Is it five? Yeah. And the Lord came down to see the town. And the tower which the children of men were building. And the Lord said, see, they are all one people and have all one language. And this is only the start of what they may do. And now it would be possible to keep them from any purpose of their own. You understand? <laughs> God came down to look and see what they were doing, in other words, and to see the town and the tower which the children of men were building. And if we notice here, it says children of men. It don't say sons of God. And the Lord says, see, they are all one people and have all one language. And this is only the start of what they may do. And now it would be now it would not be possible to keep them from any purpose of theirs if they all understand one another, if they all speak in the same language. What evil could they get into next? If don't tell them what they may do. Seven says, Come, let us go down and take away the sense of their language, of their yeah, language. So that they will not be able to make themselves clear to one another. Yeah, he came down and confused him, changed things around. Yeah, so the Lord God sent them away into every part of the earth, and they gave up building their town. So it was named Babel, because there the Lord took away the sense of all languages, and from there the Lord sent them away over all the face of the earth. They went everywhere, other countries and all of that. Yeah, because they had to find somebody who understood what they were saying. These are the generations of Sham. Sham was 100 years old when he became the father of 
Apashag, Apashag, two years after the great flow of water, two years after the flood. And after the birth of Apashag, Sham went on living for 500 years and had sons and daughters. And Apashag was 35 years old when he became the father of Shelah. And after the birth of Shelah, Apashag went on living for 403 years and had sons and daughters. My goodness. And Shelah was 30 years old when he became the father of Eber. Eber, Eber. And after the birth of Eber, Shelah went on living for 403 years and had sons and daughters. And Eber was 34 years old when he became a father of Peleg. And after the birth of Peleg, Eber went on living for 430 years and had sons and daughters. And Peleg was 30 years old when he became the father of Ruth. A real, I'm going to just say real. And after the birth of Reu, Peleg went on living for 209 years and had sons and daughters. And Reu, the 32-year-old, the, the when he became the father of Sarah, Sarah, and after the birth of Sarah, Reu went on living for 207 years and had sons and daughters. And Sarah, Sarah was 30 years old when he became the father of Nahar. And after the birth of Nahar, Saru went, that's it, Saru, went on living for 200 years and had sons and daughters. And Nahar was 29 years old when he became the father of Terah. And after the birth of Terah, Nahar, went on living for 119 years and had sons and daughters. And Terah was 70 years old when he became a father of Abram, Nahar, and Haran. These are the generations of Terah. Terah was the father of Abraham, Nahar, and Haran. And Haran, and Haran was the father of Lot. And death came to Haran, Haran, when he was with his father, Terah, in the land of his birth, earth of the Chaldeans. And Abraham took, I mean, Abram and Nahar took wives for themselves. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahar's wife was Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and Ishkah. And Sarah had no child. And Terah took Abraham, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, and Sarah, his daughter-in-law, the wife of his son, Abram. And they went out from earth of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran, Haran and were there for some time. And all the five, all the years of Terah's life were 205, and Terah came to his end and in Haran. Yeah, came to his end in Haran. Yeah. 
So we're looking at verse 12, and I may have to go back over these names or uh, bring another video so you can hear the names, another audio, rather, and uh, so you can hear those names pronounced correctly. So we over in chapter 12 of Genesis, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, go out from your country and from your family and from your father's house into the land of which I will be your guide. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, get thee out of that country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Anybody remember this? How the Lord uh, ever told you to leave this church? Leave here. Leave your family. I want you to get out of here. I'm going to show you which way to go. He did it to me. I had to leave. And go out from family and friends and familiar places into brand new territory. And when I tell you, when I obeyed, it was him that was leading and guiding. Even in Alaska. Even, look, I had never saw such in my life. And remember, the scripture says, take no, no bag, no clothes, no nothing, except the script, which is your Bible. I went into Alaska because I thought I was going on a trip, you know, kind of like a vacation and come on back. You know, I did, I had no clue, but I sold everything I had, gave it away, basically, and went on with a purse, one little bag, a pair of jeans, a T-shirt, and a corduroy jacket going to Alaska and some sneakers. When I got to Seattle, Washington, it was so cold. I had never experienced cold like that. I'm from Florida. <laughs> and I wanted to go outside to see what it was like, you know. And that air hit me and almost cut me in two. Well, I went on. Got back inside in the heat. Went on. Got to Fairbanks, Alaska. Let's say it was uh, December the 1st. By December the 25th, God had opened so many doors and made so many ways. I was over speaking at the chapel on the army base. I could not believe that. I was like, what? December 25th, I was over at the women's shelter and the men's shelter speaking. I was how did this, I don't know nobody here, but he made a way. That was work to be done. Doors had already been opened for me. But I had to come from out of Jacksonville. I had to leave all of that and go to a strange place, Alaska. It was one of my dream places to visit. And they call it a bucket list. It was on the bucket list, but I didn't know if for sure I would ever get to the bucket list to get it done. Alaska? But God bless me. Because look what he told Abraham. He said, because, you know, he always wanted children. And I will make you a great nation, blessing you and making your name great. And you will be a blessing. Verse 2, 
of chapter 12 of Genesis. That's it. Basic English version. But two in King James said, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. You see that? And that's the mentality we should have today. I'm going to be a blessing because I've already been blessed. And the way people think, if I don't have all I want, I don't have nothing to give away. But the scripture says we walk by faith and not by sight. I may not know where the next meal coming from because I gave the meal I had away to somebody who had more people than I had. But because I was willing to be a blessing, God returned the blessing back to me. And many times he'll do it a hundredfold. I gave what I didn't have to give. Today when it comes to food, it's like he turned on a a food-running faucet and say, now you want to feed some people, here it is. Yeah. He's that kind of God. He make ways where we see no way. After he said, and thou shalt be a blessing, and I, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curses thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Because of the man, Abram. Later on, we're going to get to see the name changed to Abraham. But this is Abram right now. So Abram departed as the Lord has spoken unto him. You got to obey. You got to obey. You're not going to get nowhere if you don't obey. And Lo went with him. A lot. I'm sorry. I'm talking about Lo. And Lot went with him. And Abraham, Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. Look at this. People, I'm too old. I, I can't get around her. I've said it too. I, I can't do what I used to do. The devil is a fool and a liar. Move, Barbara, move. And that's what I do. Yeah, I cooked that whole dinner yesterday, but that's what I'm going to tell you about for my youngest boy. By faith. My youngest son, I cooked by faith and got it all done. I spread for him. Even made him one of his favorite bread pudding. He came and he had a wonderful time feasting. <laughs> I made him pineapple lemonade. Oh, he just enjoyed himself. And we laughing and we talking and we talking about some, some serious things that I needed to tell him about. Uh, because I want them to be careful. Yeah. I'm blessed. I'm not cursed. And whoever blessed me will be blessed. Whoever cursed me will be cursed. I, 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 I'm obedient unto the Lord. I'm not perfect, but I do what the very best I, that I can at what he asked me to do. And he come in and he take it up and he make it more. And Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the soul that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. And into the land of Canaan they came. 
Now that that that's Ham relatives over in Canaan. <laughs> and Abraham passed through the land unto the place of Sichem, unto the plain of Morah. And the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land, and there build he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Look what he told him. I'm gonna give this to your I'm gonna give this to you and all your relatives, all your children and their children and their children and their children, children, children. Yeah, and and I'm I'm gonna do this for you, Abram. It said that the Lord appeared unto him. God came, well, he saw God. It it, it appeared. He knew it was God speaking to him. And said, that seed, I will give this land. And there be he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Right there where the blessing takes place, I want to tell God, thank you. Right there where he blessed me, even if he told me something of great substance, I want to praise God right there. I may not dance a jig and all of that, but I can open up my mind to praise him. Mm-hmm. On the job, their supervisor done come and told you, hey, uh, I'm taking you off of these hard chores. He may not put it that way, but that's what he's doing. And I'm putting you on a lighter chore. Because I know you you can do real good on a lighter chore. So you get on up and you, you, right there, you're going to begin to praise God. Mm Mm-hmm. Eight says, and he removed from this unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and hey, high eye, I want to say high eye, on the east. And there he built an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. I am going to look at some of these places so I can tell you when it said, uh, Bethel was on the west, and I can tell you what that what that was, where it's at, and, and that kind of thing. I'm, I'm looking up all of that. And Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. And there was a famine in the land. And Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. Boy, they ain't have nothing to eat over there. They had to go somewhere. Yeah. It, 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 the basic says, and because there was little food to be had in that land, he went down to Egypt. And it came to pass when he was come near to enter into Egypt that he said unto Sarah his wife, Behold now, I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. Look now, he wanted her. <laughs> And some foolishness in the breakout, I can I can tell you. I can already tell you. Now when he came near to Egypt, he said to Sarai, his wife, truly you are a fair woman and beautiful to the eye. And I am certain that when the men of Egypt see you, they will say, 
This is his wife. And they will put me to death and keep you. Now, where did he get that idea from? Abram. Say then that you are my sister. Look at the lie. And so it would be well with me because of you. And my life will be kept safe on your account. Well, what we do? We just going to lie. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And so it was then, it was that, it was that when Abram came into Egypt, the men of Egypt, looking on the woman, saw that she was fair. They saw that she was very pretty. And the Pharaoh's great men, having seen her, said words and praise of her to Pharaoh. And she was taken into Pharaoh's house. Yeah. The princes also of Pharaoh saw her and commended her before Pharaoh. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. And because of her, he was good to Abram. And he had sheep and oxen and asses and men servants and women servants and camels. And the Lord sent great troubles of Pharaoh's house, on Pharaoh's house. Because of Sarah, Abram's wife. King James said, And the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plague because of Sarah, Abram's wife. Then Pharaoh sent for Abram and said, What have you done to me? Why did you not say that she was your wife? Why did you say that she was your sister? So that I took her uh, but my wife, now, uh, uh, take your wife and go on your way. Go on now. Yeah. Why said it thou, she is my sister, so I might have taken her to be my wife. Now, therefore, behold thy wife. Take her and go thy way. Please get on up out of here. You about to get me messed up. Verse 20 says, and Pharaoh gave orders to his men, and they sent him on his way with his wife and all he had. Lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge me in all your ways, and I, I should direct your path. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Many times we think we got the outcome. We know the answer. So we don't call in to the job because if we call in, uh, they're going to tell us not to come back. That's not true. You don't call in 35 times, but still God on your side. The 36th time you call in, they say, look, take two more days off, three days with this day. Come back on the fourth day. They didn't fire you. They punish you, but they didn't fire you. That's because many times we lean to our own understanding. Many times we wise in our own eyes. We don't know what the outcome, especially if you don't pray. Your ways are not the ways of God. Your thoughts are not the thoughts of God. As high as the heaven is from the earth, that's how different it, it is. Yeah. 
That is how different it is. So we want to pray and trust God and keep keep going. We don't have no thought about it. Well, if I don't do this, that, and how we're not going to have no thought, we trust in the Lord and let him work it out. And Abram went up out of Egypt with his wife and all he had and lot with him. And they came in to the south. Now, Abram had great wealth of cattle and silver and gold. Abram was rich around that. And traveling on from the south, he came to Bethel, to the place where his tent had been before, between Bethel and I. Yeah, I. To the place where he had made his first altar. And there Abram gave worship to the name of the Lord. And Lot, who went with him, had flocks and herds and tents. So that the land was not wide enough for the two of them. Their property was so great that there was not room for them together. Woo, how would they like to be like that? You got so much, and your relative got so much. It could be your parents, your your best cousin, your best nephew, whoever. But it's too much for the land to bear because y'all have so such greatness, such greatness. No room for y'all to stay together. He got to go one way, you got to go the other way. Let's say. And there was an argument between the keepers of Abram's cattle and the keepers of Lot's cattle. At that time, the Canaanites and and Pezites were still living in the land. Then Abram said to Lot, let there be no argument between me and you and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brothers. Is not all the land before you? Then let us go our separate ways. If you go to the left, I will go to the right. Or if you take the right, I will take the left. Isn't that beautiful? And Lot lifting up his eyes and looking at the valley of Jordan, saw that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord had sent destruction on Sodom and Gomorrah. It was like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. On the way to Zohar. Look, water, green. I, I knew it had them, them, them plants over there that they could eat. So Lot took for himself all the valley of Jordan and went to the east, and they were parted from one another. Abram went on living in the land of Canaan, and Lot went to the Lowlands town, moving his tent as far as Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were evil and great sinners before the Lord. And the Lord had said to Abram, after Lot was parted from him, from this place where you are, take a look to the north and to the south and to the east and to the west. For all the land which you see, I will give to you and to your seed forever. And I will make your children like the dust of the earth, so that if the dust of the earth may be numbered, then your children be numbered. 
Yeah. Come go through all the land from one end to the other, or I will give it to you. And Abram, moving his tent, came and made his living place by the holy tree of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and made an altar there to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Yeah. And so we, we see uh, Abram then come on the scene, and God is favoring this man. And when he come from his home where he came from, he brought much to the land of Canaan. Had so much, him and his nephew, they had to separate. Man couldn't hold on to that. Chapter 14. Well, let me make sure something right quick. I tell you what, let me go to one quick song. All right, let's go to this. Can I talk to you? I know you got some questions. What's the hardest thing you're going through? Let's talk about it. Talking about my wins, talking about pain. Talking about my life, when will it change? Talking about all things. I can do all things. Talking about nighttime, lose my way. And my dreams better be erased Talking about all things I said I can do all things I understand I know Yeah. 
Genesis 10. Now these are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And unto them were sons born after the flood, the sons of Japheth. Genesis 10. Now these are the generations of the sons of Noah. Okay. Y'all bear with me. I tried to find the right one. Let's go to her. www.jesusinthemorningradio.com Okay, let's see if I got the right one. Genesis 10. Now these are the generations of the sons of Noah, 
Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And unto them were... Bear with me, bear with me. Genesis 14. And it came to pass in the days of Amraphel, king of Shinar, Arioch, king of Elessar, Chedolaomer, king of Elam, and Tidal, king of nations, that these made war with Berah, king of Sodom, and with Birshah, king of Gomorrah, Shinab, king of Adma, and Shemeber, king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, which is Zohar. All these were joined together in the vale of Sidim, which is the salt sea. Twelve years they served Chedolaomer, and in the thirteenth year they rebelled. 
And in the fourteenth year came Chedolaomer, and the kings that were with him, and smote the Rephaims in Ashteroth, Karnaim, and the Tzutims in Ham, and the Emins in Shaveh Kiriataim, and the Horites in their Mount Seir, unto El Paran, which is by the wilderness. And they returned, and came to Emishpat, which is Kadesh, and smote all the country of the Amalekites, and also the Amorites, that dwelt in Hatzitzon Tamar. And there went out the king of Sodom, and the king of Gomorrah, and the king of Adma, and the king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, the same is Doar. And they joined battle with them in the vale of Sidim, with Cherolaomar, the king of Elam, and with Pidal, king of nations, and Amraphel, king of Shinar, and Arioch, king of Elasar, four kings with five. And the vale of Sidim was full of slime pits, and the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, and fell there, and they that remained fled to the mountain. And they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah, and all their victuals, and went their way. And they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, and his goods, and departed. And there came one that had escaped, and told Abram the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plain of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eshkol, and brother of Aner, and these were confederate with Abram. And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house, three hundred and eighteen, and pursued them unto Dan. And he divided himself against them, he and his servants, by night, and smote them, and pursued them unto Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. And he brought back all the goods, and also brought again his brother Lot, and his goods, and the women also, and the people. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Chedolaomer, and of the kings that were with him, at the valley of Shaveh, which is the king's dale. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him, and said, Blessed be Abram, of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And he gave him tithes of all. And the king of Sodom said unto Abram, Give me the persons, and take the goods to thyself. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up mine hand unto the Lord, the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from a thread, even to a shoe latchet, and that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou shouldest say, I have made Abram rich, save only that which the young men have eaten, and the portion of the men which went with me, Aner, Eshkol, and Mame, let them take their portion. Okay. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love listening to it, too. But I thank God. I thank God that he makes ways. He makes ways where we see no way. Yeah. For many days, we may need a gas in the car or food or whatever the case may be, and we didn't have it, but we talked to him about it, and he provided. He chose Abram. Mm-hmm. and called him his friend. We saw he lied and told Sarah to tell the people that she was his sister, that she was scared they would kill him and take his wife. Pharaoh, y'all remember the Pharaohs, don't you? Let my people go. Don't you remember that? God showed Pharaoh, hey, listen, don't, don't fool with the woman. That's his wife, that's not his sister. 
Burrow came. I know it was a little hot. Man, you like to get me messed up, Abram. Tell me this your sister when it's your wife. I could have took her for my wife and God would have, my kingdom would have failed. Because Pharaoh knew he wasn't chosen, but Abraham was. Even with the lie. Yeah. So we're looking at verse 15. And after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, have no fear, Abram. I will keep you safe and great will be your reward. Remember this now. Remember this. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, have no fear, Abram. I will keep you safe, and great will be your reward. Did we hear that? Did we hear that? And Abram said, what will you give me? For I have no child, and this Eliezer of Damascus will have all my wealth after me. And Abram said, you, you have given me no child, and a servant in my house would get the heritage. Then said the Lord, this man will not get the heritage, but a son of your body will have your property after you. James said, and behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, this shall be thine heir, but he that it shall come forth out of thine own bowels, shall be thine heir. Now, you ain't no servant getting nothing, Abraham. I'm giving you a son. You got to trust me on this. And he took him out into the open, into the open air, and said to him, let your eyes be lifted to heaven and see if the stars may be numbered. Even so will your seed be. He couldn't number the stars. We couldn't count them all. He told Abraham, that's how your seed going to be. That's how your children and your great-grandchildren is going to be. You're going to have plenty. Plenty, plenty, plenty. More than we can count. And he had faith in the Lord. And it was put to his account as righteousness. James said this, and he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Not, 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 not what he was doing, mind you. Not what he had done. Not what he was going to do that was wrong in the future. But simply faith. Faith. God counted Abraham's faith as righteousness. Oh, yes, he did. And he will do us the same way because we need it. Many of us need, we done did some foolishness. But yet we believe God and he count the faith as righteousness unto us. If he did it for Abraham, surely he can do it for me. He's no respecter of person. Verse 7 says, and he said to him, I am the Lord who took you from earth of the Chaldees to give you this land for your heritage. And he said, oh, Lord God, how may I be certain that it would be mine? Are you crazy, Abraham? <laughs> and he said, take a young child and three, three years old and a she-goat of three years old and a sheep of three years old and a dove and a young pigeon. 
All these he took, cutting them in two and putting one half opposite the other, but not cutting the birds in two. The evil birds came down on the bodies, but Abraham sent them away. Now, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep came on Abram and a dark cloud of fear. And he said to Abram, truly, your seed will be living in a land which is not theirs. As servants to a people who will be cruel to them for 400 years. I told him what was going to happen now. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them for 400 years. Moses then went through, not Moses, but, uh, yeah, Moses then. They went through. But I would be the judge of that nation whose servants they are, and they will come out from among them with great wealth. As for you, you will go to your fathers in peace. At the end of a long life, you will be put in your last resting place. And in the fourth generation, they will come back here for a present, I mean, for at present, the sin of the Amorite is in full. Then when the sun went down and it was dark, he saw a smoking fire and a flaming light which went between the parts of the bodies. In that day, the Lord made an agreement with Abram and said, To your seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the Kenites, the Kenziites, and the Kadmonite and the Hittites and the Pedrites and the Lethem and and the Amorite and the Canaanites and the Girgashites and the Jebusites. Now I know I don't pronounce them names. I think I pronounced those right. But this is what God is telling Abraham. And you know, sometimes God would tell us things and or we see it in a dream, or we have a vision, and we, we, we have conscience about it. I'm going to use that word, because we, we, we're not sure. And then we'll ask God, you sure, Lord, that this is what you're doing for me, God? You sure? You, you, you just got to trust him. I've never known him to just come and tell all the business to you, his business. We belong to him, and I promise you he's going to take good care of us. He's a great father. Any, any child belongs to him, he's going to provide, he's going to take care of them. I promise you. But he's only obligated if you belong to him. He's only obligated if we obey him. Because these things he's asking us to do are telling us to do it is to work together for our good. He's not sending us through nothing to harm us or to be mean. No, 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 that's not God. But he will send us through some tests. He will send us through some trials. He will give us a task to see 
if we're going to be obedient. See, he had too many problems in the garden, and really he didn't have problems because God is a problem solver, but he saw the intent of man's heart even in the garden, Adam and Eve. He told them what to do and what not to do, but they didn't obey. And he even said, man's heart is wicked. Man is nothing but flesh. He don't want to be spiritual. So he put in that walk in the spirit that you might not fulfill the lust of the flesh, but he said might not because he saw what happened many times, even with Abraham, David, Apostle Paul, what was the priest's name back then with Elkanah and Hannah, Samuel's mother, Eli. He saw what happened with Eli. He saw what happened with Eli's son. He saw what happened with Samuel, the prophet's son. It was not going to love God like the dad. Elkanah, I mean, uh, Eli, Eli's biological son was not going to love God like Eli did and respect him and obey him like Eli. But they, each one of them, the old saints, they had some problems. Sometimes it was faith. Sometimes it was staying focused and follow God. Yeah, it, it was many different things. Just like today, many have problems. But they love him and they want to obey God the best of their ability. To the best of their ability, they're going to do what they can. And see, we're people of entertainment. I don't care what your nationality is. People love entertainment. I'm not just talking about Americans, white people, black people. All people like entertainment. Most countries you go to, they got a dance they do. They got special songs by special people. And even in the bush, even out in the bush, those people love entertainment. And they get together for celebrations. The greatest drama play come play the drums in the bush because we like entertainment as human beings. So, what God is trying to do is bring us into obedience status. He's trying to show us where obedience is better than the sacrifice. And if we'll let God in, he will come in and bless us real good. I'm talking about really, really good. But we got to allow him to do it. Yeah. So we thank him this morning for all he has done already, what he's doing right now, and what he's going to do. Great and mighty things for us. Yeah. And it's already all right. In In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We just want to strive for perfection in him. We just want to continue on to seek God's face and turn from our wicked ways. 
because we want to hear from heaven. And we want God to forgive our sins and heal the land. Sometimes it, it, it may appear to be a personal thing. You know, it's me, Lord. I'm the one standing in the need of whatever. Yeah. But it's me. And, Lord, I I know I have not been living right. And I got this problem, and I got that problem. And whatever the case, I love women. And, Lord, I need you to hear me. Uh, of these feelings for women that I'm not married to. I'm still fornicating God and, and I need it to stop. I, I'm committing adultery, Father. I'm going with somebody's husband. And I'm not supposed to. I need you to deliver me from this. I'm still lying, cheating, stealing. I'm still drinking too much. I'm still getting high. But, Lord, I know you're a way maker, and I know you can deliver me from this. Yeah. Pass this cup from me, Father. In the name of Jesus. I can't can't do this on my own. See, God respects that. He respects this because he sees the intent of your heart. And you're trying to get it right with him. He see it as you want him to be pleased. So I will open my mouth and tell God about it. I often remember this when you said, come, let us reason together. Though my sins be as scarlet, I will wash you as white as snow. And believe me, he will. He's able. He has the power. Yeah. He got all power. There's nothing too hard for him to do. He's on our side in spite of us today. Looking beyond fault, yet needs. He told us, cast our cares upon him, for he cares for us. But we got to cast our cares. Yeah. We got to get it right with God. Did Louis leave? Okay, Louis. Yeah. And it's all right today in Jesus' name. Yeah. So we thank God. We thank God for the little bit that we got this morning. I thank him for the change that he's doing in our lives. I thank him for making ways for us, opening doors for us. Fixing things just for us. He's a way maker. And if he makes you a promise, he's going to keep it. I wouldn't care if you waited 10 years. In 10 years, if that's how long it took, he's going to fulfill his promise. Looking at Abraham and Sarah, it looked like it wasn't happening. When I wanted a house, I just kept praying for the house. He saw I was going to pray every night about that house and leaving out of the project. So he came and he let me know, I heard you the first time. I just need you to wait. I'm giving you a house. 
Or is there anything too hard for God? Yeah. There's nothing too hard for him. And I thank him this day for all he has done, what he's doing right now, and what he's going to do. Great and mighty things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There is none like him. We can search throughout eternity and find there is none like him. I like talking about him. I just, as a matter of fact, I love talking about him. It just makes my day. It makes my hour. The minute I start talking about it, yeah, the minute I start praising and lift my hands, thinking on the goodness of him, Ah, yeah, it's a wonderful day. It's a wonderful time. It's a good thing right then and there. Hallelujah. God is faithful to us. And he he just wants us to be faithful unto him. And look what he did for us. He said if we would be faithful, he would give us a crown of life that will never fade away. We just need to be faithful unto him. That's good news, everybody. Good news. It will just be faith. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm happy about it this morning. Thankful unto him. Because without him again this morning, we can do nothing. We need him, y'all. Can't make it without him. Can't make it without him. And and you know, nowadays, uh, I'm assuming people want to be, uh, get more. You haven't lived what he gave you already. You have not lived that he gave you already. And you tell me some more. <laughs> yeah, it's all right today in Jesus' name. But the word of God says, and all you're getting, get understanding. Now, he did say that. So we need understanding. And if I hear preacher and I don't understand, I'm praying. Lord, give me understanding of what he's talking about. And then God give you discernment. Yeah, you, you, you'll be able to know some things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, I'm going to give, you know what? We got a few, a few minutes. If anyone uh, has something they would like to say this morning, I need you to press that number one and come in. If not, we're going to go to the next thing. If nobody have anything to say. But if you have something to say, don't hold back. Press the number one and come in. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go. Now I've got to obey God. My message is entitled, The Wolf is at the Door. The wolf is at the door. Father, I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord, for your word. It's a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. I thank you, Lord, for the indwelling presence of your Holy Spirit that gives us new hearts, Lord, so that we can stretch out beyond our limitations and be ambassadors of you and your word to all who can still hear. I thank you, Lord, for the anointing of your spirit. I thank you for courage and compassion today. 
God to speak things that need to be spoken in this generation. Help us, Lord, as a church, never to back away from truth. Help us to go forward and let it fall where it may. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. The wolf is at the door. Isaiah chapter 53. Prophet Isaiah says these words. Who has believed our report? Beginning at verse 1. And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He's despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, and we've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know, it's, it's so important before we even begin to look at this passage of Scripture to understand that it was a religious system that crucified Christ. You know, we understand that the Roman authorities were the instruments of his death, but it was the religious order of the day created by God's own people that put the Son of God on a cross. There were leaders in that generation, and they had, they had used their position over the people to garner titles for themselves. They had adorned themselves in righteous robes as they saw it, and they, they loved to parade among the people, as Jesus said, and be called master, teacher, teacher, teacher in the marketplace. But Jesus himself came in a form that he did not take on this form of grandeur that men give to themselves. And also, too, they created a system of salvation that was much wider and much more inclusive than the one that God had given to us. As a matter of fact, it was so narrow that Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. They were so offended when he challenged their religious system because they had, they had created this wide door into eternal life and eternal bliss with God that doesn't exist. All kinds of people were coming into the temple defiled and going out defiled. They were living in manners and ways that the Bible clearly indicated would leave them excluded from the kingdom of God forever. And so in comes this man. He's not interested in their system. He's not trying to garner one of their titles. He's not doing things their way. The Bible says there was no beauty in him that we should desire him. He's not dressed in righteous robes. He's, he's not got boxes on his forehead. He's not walking around with tassels on his arms. He's not parading like some rooster before the people, talking about how close to God he actually is. They despised him and rejected him because he challenged the religious system. They had created a system of redemption that did not exist. Do you understand? And that's the propensity of humankind. The original sin in the Garden of Eden is that we can be as God is. Remember, we can, we can become judges of what's good and what's evil. And if you take that to its logical extension, we can start declaring things that are, that are 
God forgives when he doesn't. We can start declaring behaviors righteous when they're not. We can start telling people they're going to heaven when they aren't. That is the grave, grave danger of religion. When humankind in its sin nature is allowed to take it and so twist it and so pervert it that it becomes something that God never intended it to be. Can you imagine sitting in a place as a professed or supposed believer in Christ only to end up at the throne of God one day to find out you've been outside the whole thing all along? What a tragedy that's going to be for so many. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. There was a, a heaviness in the heart of the Son of God as he looked on the people as sheep without a shepherd. But we hid our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. And we are, of course, reliving the scripture again in great measure in our day. In many, many places, even where God's people are gathering, the word of God is despised. And we are now gravitating to fancy preachers who have opened the door real wide to people who are not going to heaven, giving them false peace when they're not at peace with God. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 5:17, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old things are what? Passed away. And behold, all things are become new. If, if we are in Christ, if Christ is in us, that means a new value system. It means a new heart. It means a new mind. It means a new way of speaking, thinking, living. It means that what God says is good is good. And what God says is evil is evil. We don't try to change that. We accept that from the word of God. Now, this message is given to shepherds to bring us not only to the knowledge of our salvation, but to the freedom which Christ bought for us. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And by his beating, as it is, that he took on the cross, we are healed. The old things don't have power over us anymore unless we choose to let them. The old ways of living, speaking, thinking, doing are broken. And we become new creations in Christ. We are able to look back and say, thank God I'm not what I used to be. I'm not everything that I hoped to be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be, and thank God I'm going to be one day what Christ is calling me to be. So there's this constant moving forward in the life of a genuine believer, leaving an old way of thinking, an old way of living, an old way of speaking, and moving to truth, even when it's painful. The book of Proverbs says a righteous person swears to their own hurt and doesn't change. In other words, I say I'm going to do this and I do it because God's word says I should even if it causes me pain. And I don't turn from it. Now Paul was this kind of a shepherd. He, he didn't hold back as I said earlier. This is what he said in Acts chapter 20 verses 26 to 31. He said, therefore I testify to you this day I'm innocent of the blood of all men. In other words, and this is the cry of my heart, if anyone here today hearing my voice ends up in hell, let it not be my fault. Let it never be because I didn't declare to you the whole counsel of God or I didn't warn you of something that had the power to drag you down into eternal darkness. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers 
to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Paul says, for this I know, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone, he said, day and night with tears. Paul said there's going to be wolves that are going to come and they're all already, there's packs of them now. It's not just a few, there's many now in our generation. And they're going to come to devour the sacrifice of Christ and the promise of new life. Through him. They're going to promise you liberty, as the scripture says in the New Testament, but they themselves are the slaves to corruption. They're promising something they, they're not experiencing themselves and they can't deliver it. Listen to what Jude says, the last book of the New Testament before the book of the Revelation. Verse 3 says, Behold, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe and the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities round about them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example suffering the vengeance of eternal fire." Here's what the wolves do. They teach that you can live a lifestyle against the word of God and still claim heaven as your eternal home. That is the wolf that's now at the door of the Christian church in America. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 to 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Be, do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, that means people who engage in sexual intercourse outside of the bonds of marriage between one man and one woman. Fornicators are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Settle it, it's in the word of God. Don't be deceived into thinking you can live in a moral lifestyle and heaven will still be your home. So hard for this generation to hear. When you've got preachers standing in pulpits saying, well, God understands your need and God is a God of love and God won't send anybody to hell. No, that's not true. God is a God of love. We know that. But the Bible tells us that fornicators have no inheritance in the kingdom of God. Nor idolaters, people who have other loves in there. Something that is in your life that, that is, is, is your whole obsession Churches or Christ is just a little part of your life, but there's something else in your life that you're pursuing. Nor adulterers, people who engage, who are married, but engage. And, you know, today we take words like adultery and we call it an extramarital affair, as if it's a black tie event. 
You know, you are invited to an extramarital affair next Friday at 5 o'clock. The Bible calls it adultery. Adultery. Settle it. Deal with it. The sex out of sight of marriage will keep you outside of the kingdom of God. And sex outside of the bonds of the person that you are married to, the, white, the man or woman you're married to, will also keep you outside of the kingdom of God, unless it's repented of. Nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. In other words, that's both, men and women. Folks, listen. I understand the dilemma, in a sense, uh, that some might face in same-sex attraction. But I'm telling you, you can't give in to that lifestyle on any level because the Bible clearly says it will leave you outside the kingdom of God. Jesus himself said some people are eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven. In other words, some people just live their lives without any sexual activity for the kingdom of heaven's sake. And he said whoever can hear this, let them hear it. You know, you can, you go to a funeral, for example, and you can dress it up with flowers all around, and you can, there's a death certificate, and the preacher can get up and say nice words, but the reality is that the corpse is still dead. You can't make it live. It doesn't matter what you do, but it's the same with homosexual marriage, folks. I've got to say it straight out today. I'm not going to hold back on it. You can adorn it with flowers. You can get a certificate from City Hall. You, you can find some backslidden preacher to say nice words about it. But the wages of sin is still death. You can't change that. Now listen, I'll be called a hater for, for this message today. I understand that. But I'm not a hater. If I hated you, I'd let you go to hell. If I hated you, I'd let you die on your sin. If I walk down the street and your house is on fire and you're up in your bedroom window and I don't warn you, am I really a good neighbor? Do I really love you? Do I really care about your eternal destiny? You can curse me out of your bedroom window all you want, but I will still warn you that your house is on fire for your soul's sake. Nor thieves. Lest we should think that we're just going to focus on one thing. Nor thieves. That means people who steal. It's that simple. People who steal. People who steal little. They have a contract maybe and steal a little bit more than they should. Income tax time is coming around, folks. Are you going to pay your taxes? Nor covetous. Nor drunkards. People who come to church this morning, but you were out at a club last night. You're drinking and dancing, and, and this foolishness, I'm out there to share the testimony of Christ. Who are you kidding? If you really are there to do that, stand on the sidewalk with pamphlets in your hand and give it to the drunks coming out of the club. You don't need to be in there with them. No revilers. You know, especially in, in this environment we're now living in, in this country at this time, where reviling has is is, is become the speech of the day, where it's, it's fashionable just to curse everybody around you. You know, Paul said revilers don't inherit the kingdom of God. 
We have a different heart. We have a different spirit. We're, we're a different kind of people. Jesus himself said, blessed are the peacemakers. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. Nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. I love that. Would be to God that I can honestly say that of everybody here today. Such were some of you. But you are sanctified. That means you are set apart for the kingdom of God. You are... You, 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 you honestly repented. You walked away. You moved away from what God's word says is wrong. You can't make it right. You can't change it. It doesn't matter if a million people say, oh, isn't this wonderful? If God's word says it's not, it's not. You are sanctified. You walked away. You walked away from these old ways of thinking, these old behaviors and all of these things. And you set yourself apart for the kingdom of God. You're justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Now you and I are living in an hour where the wolf is heading to the door of the church, demanding in our generation that we bow down to these new definitions of good and evil. This is where we're living. The days of being able to say without penalty, what I'm saying today are, are over. If they're, not, if they're not over, they're very close to over. It's an amazing time that we're now living in. Jesus said in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. This is the point. There's a lot of hirelings in a lot of pulpits in America today. And they're, they're, they don't necessarily leave the people, but they leave biblical truth. They flee the truth when the wolf is at the door. When the wolf says, if you don't bow down, this is our golden statue. This is what this generation is going to look like. This is what you'll preach. These are the truths that you will espouse. They will bow down when the music plays to save themselves because it's always been about themselves, not about the people. The hireling will flee. And you, will, you are seeing and you will see a huge departure from biblical truth in the Christian church in this last hour we're living in. The Bible declares that there's going to be an apostasy, a great falling away in the last days from biblical truth. And the hirelings will lead the people, not into the narrow way of eternal life, but into that broad way of destruction. And they flee because it's always done about them. It's been about the robes. It's been about the praises of man. It's been about the titles. It's been about the numbers. It's been about the apparent evidences of success. Then when Christ comes and challenges them, they hate him. His own system hated him. His own people hated him. They pushed him away because he declared their definitions of salvation and truth to be bankrupt. He told them they were full of dead men's bones. He said, you go cross land and sea to get one convert and you make him twice the child of hell that you have become. These are the words of Christ. He warned us in the last days there would be a great falling away. He warned us. He said, you're going to be hated of all nations for my name's sake. You can't escape that. That's a promise in the word of God. We're going to be hated. It's starting now. You're seeing it in society. You're seeing it in the workplace. You can't even have an opinion on things anymore in this generation that we're now living in. Let me say it clearly now. Abortion 
for the cause of birth control. Or, or so the pe- I understand there are extenuating circumstances, so please don't misquote me on this. But for the cause of just birth control or for the cause of having sexual pleasure and not having to deal with the life that it can create is sin in the sight of a holy God. It's a terrible sin in the sight of a holy God. In America today, the deliberate gender confusing of our children in grade school is sin in the sight of a holy God. In our high schools, forbidding our children to pray and creating this fictitious division between the state and the church, which doesn't exist. If you really study it, you'll understand it never existed. It was created by the godless. Forbidding our children to pray in our schools is sin in the sight of a holy God. In our colleges, allowing godless professors to rise up and mock God and radicalize a whole generation against even their own nation that was founded by God for the purpose of being able to worship according to the word of God and freely by conscience is sin in the sight of a holy God. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise be to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So let this society despise him. Let them consider him ordinary. Let them rebel against his words. But this day, as Joshua once said, if it be hard to follow the Lord, that's your choice. Choose this day. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. By the grace of God, we will not bow before the wolf in this generation. By the grace of God, we will stand for the truth of God. By the grace of God, we will pray again. We will pray again as a church age. By the grace of God, we will stand up unashamed for the truth of Jesus Christ. We stand on the side of victory. We stand on the side. We stand on the side of eternal life in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, glory, glory. And as uh, David the king watched in, We will stand in this generation against the lion and the bear and everything that comes in to devour our children and to devour the people of God. It's time for the church of Jesus Christ to rise up. It's time for the people of God to fight back. It's time for us to begin to pray. It's time to run for public office. It's time for teachers to speak. It's time. It's time for the people of God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Glory, 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 glory. 
the true shepherds of God in this generation are going to care more for the people than for their own safety. More than our own reputation. It's not going to be an easy road. But I don't know about you, but I'm not giving up this generation to darkness. I'm going to stand because the word of God stands forever. The opinions of men are like grains of sand on the seashore. They'll fall into nowhere. But the word of God abides forever. Now here's where I conclude. If you're living in sin, I plead with you, while there's still time, turn. Turn from it. And trust God for the strength. I know there's some sitting here or listening online or they're in the annex and they say, you don't know how deep the bondage is. You don't, you don't know how powerful the draw is. No, I don't. But I know the Spirit of God is more powerful than all of that put together. And I know the promise of God is that we will have a new life. An eternal life. The days of living in Christian ease is over in America, folks. It's over. We're about to join our brothers and sisters in China and other places who are being persecuted for what they believe. In Iran, who are being jailed and put to death for believing in Christ. We've lived a very comfortable, very lazy Christianity in America, but those days are over. The wolf is now at the door. Pray for those of us who lead in any capacity that God would give us courage. As I pray for you, that God would give you a cleanness of life and practice and heart and give you the courage to speak up in whatever environment you find yourself in. Our children are starving for truth in this generation and they're wide open. There's only a few Goliaths that claim that they have the power to keep us from being the people of God. But they don't. So I challenge you with all my heart, turn from sin, find that new life in Christ, and rise up and be the person that God's called you to be. We're going to sing for just a few moments. We're going to worship. I guess my elder call is just twofold today. It's for people to say, oh, God, help me, please, to turn from this thing in my life. I don't have to tell you what it is you already know. Help me to turn away from watching pornography. Help me to turn away from drink. Help me, God, to turn away from that flirtation in the office. Help me, God, help me, God, to stop railing. Get me off, get me out of the seat of the scornful and help me to walk with the righteous. Deliver me, God, from cowardice and put a love for people in my heart that casts out all fear. Give me a voice to call this generation back to you again. And God help me not to cower under the fear of the repercussions that will come all of our way. You know, I was in Washington and there's an ex-general there who really gives courage to my heart every time I meet him and talk with him. And essentially, what he would say if he were standing here is, 
you have to fight for a cause higher than your own preservation. If it's just about preserving yourself, you'll flee when the enemy comes. If it's about others, you'll stand. May God give us the courage in this generation to stand for those that don't have a voice for themselves, for our children, for the unborn, for our high school students, for our college students, for every mother, every father, every child in this country that needs to know there's a Savior who died for them. Give us the grace to be kind and compassionate to all, not judging anyone. We leave that to God, but reaching as far as we can reach into this mass of fallen humanity with this message of incredible grace that belongs to every person who turns to it through Jesus Christ. So, Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you will today cause your kingdom to advance. You will give us the strength and courage that we now need as a people to stand against the onslaught of wickedness that wants to extinguish the testimony of your life and word. Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for courage for your people as others throughout the world have had to have. God, deliver us, Lord, from this life of ease that so many of your people have known and bring us into the true fight for the souls of men. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. God, we yield our bodies today to this purpose. We thank you in Jesus' name. So we're going to stand in a moment. For those who just, you just know you have to turn from something. And for those who want to turn towards Christ, maybe you don't have a struggle that I'm talking about in your life, but you say, God, I'm stuck in neutral. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going back and I'm not going forward. But today you say, I want to make a difference. I want my life to count. I want my voice to have authority. If that's you, we're going to stand. I'm going to ask you to make your way here. We're going to pray together and believe God to answer our prayer. In the annex, you can make your way here. We'll wait for you in the campus churches, right between the screens, if you will. We'll be back in just a moment. Uh, every time I look at people at this altar, I see a mighty army. of Spreading the love worldwide. www.jesusinthemorningradio.com Hallelujah, hallelujah, the wolf is at the door. Uh-huh. And we want to be constantly reminded of this so that we can get ourselves together and be ready when Jesus returns. Yeah, we got to be ready when he returns because if not, then we don't have a place to go. Yeah, we, we no longer have nowhere to be. Because we didn't pay attention when God delivered, the wolf was already at the door. We didn't make our calling and election sure. We didn't get ourselves together. Yeah. And we have to get ready because he's coming back. Yeah. Looking for the church without spot or wrinkle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So listen, uh, we're going to pray out this morning because I don't think no one have anything they would like to say. If so, we got time, press the number one. But if you don't have anything else you would like to say, then we're going to pray out and go to our last song of the morning. Good morning to you, Minister Shonda. Good morning, Sister Rita. 
Good morning to God, baby Laura. God bless you. Good morning, uh, Sister Irene. Good morning to you, Sion. Good morning to you, Sister Dorothy Goodman. God bless you this morning. Thank God for you tuning in, listening, and uh, faithful, faithful, just that faithful few. Yeah, they're going to come and see what God have going on over here. And I'm hoping and praying that we're getting the, the meaning of Genesis. And basically, we're seeing what God did from the beginning as he come on up to our present time. So we're thankful unto him for that. So let's pray. And uh, we're praying the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. Hallelujah. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for your word, for your word is a lamp unto our feet. Father, it's a light unto our path. Forever, O oh God, that word is settled in heaven. And Father, we need you in this hour. We can't make it without you. And we bring this country, America, the leadership before you. And God, we ask that you would open their blinded eyes long enough where they can see that they need you and not politics. They need you and not what they feel and what they want. But God, that we will walk according to your word, that the president would put out a call for Bibles, for Bible study, for prayer, and let people know. We changed some things here, but we're going to change them back. This country was founded on God and his word. And we've come in and removed and changed things. So, Father, we need you this morning. We can't do it without you. Lead and guide each of us and what to do to let the leadership know we want God back in this country. Not that you left us, but that we need you to be more number one than anything else in this country. And you will heal it in the name of Jesus. Father, as we depart, bless every caller, every listener, every household represented here. And God, we ask that you would move today in a mighty way. Whatever your people stand in the need of, we know you supply. And God, we ask that you would supply for each of us in the name of Jesus. Our family and friends supply according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. Father, bless our going out today and our coming in. Meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your son, again, Christ Jesus. Move for your people today. Stir up the gifts in us. Lord, you stir them up. Show us how to catch on fire for you. And use us in your service to be a blessing unto your people. In the name of Jesus, we ask it all. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent, one from another. In the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Hallelujah. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today, June the 19th, 2023, in Jesus' name. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye, and we're going to our last song of the morning. Will you be my life when I cannot When I can't take another step, Lord, will you carry me? Will you be my life?
And when I've lost my fight, will you be my strength? Will you set me a table in the presence of my enemies? I shall not walk. I shall not walk. Oh, my soul's got a shepherd in the valley, and I shall not I shall not walk, cause my cock's running over, running over, and I shall not walk. And I will lift my eyes to where my hell comes from, and I won't be afraid of the shadow, cause I've seen the sun. No, I will not. The green only grows in the valley And that's where you are Say I shall not walk No, no I shall not walk Hey 